This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. Future Talk. Future Talk. With Omiyal Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Yes, you're listening to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. It is a new day and we are back with your quick roundup of everything that is happening in the tech world from artificial intelligence to the Internet of Things to cybersecurity because this is going to be the highlight of this episode. We're going to be speaking to a technical manager from Kaspersky Middle East, uh, Imad Haffar, who's going to be telling us all about the COVID-19 and World Health Organization scam that has been taking place for the past few weeks. What are different cybersecurity trends that are taking place in 2020? But most importantly, what can we do to protect ourselves from all the hacking that has been taking place around the world and cyber threats? Yes, and I've always actually wanted to speak to an expert in cybersecurity, <laughs> Omnia, because I've had my uh, my paths around these uh, black ha- hat, white hat I'm hackers. I'm so surprised. I yes. found out that you were kind of a hacker yourself at some point it was a kind of it was a phase trying to jump in or it was trying to dive in when i was 17 16 years old trying to dive in but it isn't as as easy as it sounds it was a little bit too technical I'm and never leaving my laptop anywhere and, near you anymore. And it's a little bit of a scary world, Omnia. It it's is a scary world. You, you could probably uh, make good friends or good enemies. <laughs> good enemies. But speaking of making good friends, before we jump into our interview, we're going to be talking about some good friendly robots that have been fighting the coronavirus in China. Because with the outbreak taking place, we need to make sure that we are putting on the field those who are at no risk of contracting the virus themselves. But we're also going to be talking about two digital initiatives that have been happening to shape the future of education. We all know that today is basically the start of a long four weeks for many for many parents yes. around the world, around the world, yeah, around the around, world, around the world, and in the UAE, um, since schools have been halted. So, and we need to shout out all our mothers. Oh yes, that are because today is International oh, Women's Day is. as well, it is. and it's the first day of their long, long, too early. Uh, four-week vacation, four-week uh, spring break vacation. So shout out to all the mothers. Thank you for being a mother. And uh, thank you for for t- taking care of all the, these. The four weeks, the upcoming four weeks are going to Kids. be good four oh, weeks. Oh Lord! But uh, I, I honestly, I'm gonna be sending them all of my love and prayers because I cannot imagine what they must be going through. But text in on four two one five if you have any questions for the regional technical manager at Kaspersky, Mr. Ahmad Hafad, and we will be asking all these questions on air. But we're gonna be coming back to talk all about the future of education right here in the UAE due to the coronavirus. So make sure you stay tuned right here on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Daily digital news. Bits and bytes connect our world. Welcome back to Pulse 95. It is a great start to the week because it is Sunday. Sunday is a very fun day. Because and it's International Women's Day. It's International <laughs> Women's Day. We do love our women. And it is the beginning, the first day of the four-week <laughs> holiday for all university and school is students. Is it a holiday, though? It's they're a, studying they're, online now. They're, they're studying online. And uh, with online studying Omnia, that gives a big, big, big gap or big window for kids to use their laptop while they're on their bed and studying. Now, I have a lot of friends that are studying masters and some who are still doing their bachelors. Yes. And I'm opening Snapchat. I'm opening Instagram. I see kids uh, in their bed, on their bed, uh, 
with the professor and they have like cereal next to them. Oh, trust me, that's going to be me in just a few days. And, and, and Omnia, something really funny happened. Uh, I saw a, a video of a guy who was driving his car. So you can actually go through, use your phone. You can use your phone. Yeah, you, you can. You can use your phone. So the guy, he had his phone on a stand while mm. he was driving and he was attending the class. Are you serious? Right? And, and the doctor's like, are you driving? Why, aren't you, uh, why are you driving? He's like, I have an appointment to go to, but I can't miss your class, <laughs> right? You know, you see, this is the issue. Now people are taking it uh, very lightly, but at the same time, it's giving us as students a lot more flexibility in mm. the way we want to attend mm. class. So we're talking, you know, you could literally be in your pajamas attending yeah. class, so, so, eating cereal, having so, lunch. So I'm going to give you a type of insider uh, of what's going on yeah. uh, with these online courses. So I, like I said, I have a couple of friends who are in, are doing these online courses, are still in university. So what will happen is you'll open uh, the, 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 the... Whatever platform you're using. The, the room. Of, you'll yeah. open your chat room or yeah. whatever it is, the video conference room. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you open the room, the professor is going to take attendance. Oh, yes. So how is he going to take attendance? With the camera on. Exactly. So the you'll webcam- turn on your camera, has to be turned off. you'll say, Yes, I'm honey, and then you turn it off, and then you turn oh, it, it on. has to be turned off the whole time. It doesn't have to be, but mm. lo- you, you just have to be there for that moment. Because my master's professor was saying, We're gonna have a lot of uh, unwelcome guests because you know, masters, a lot of parents are actually yeah. trying to take their masters. Yeah, so you have kids running around, you have kids running around, we have many unwelcome guests gonna be joining the class. But the, the funny thing is, Omnia, that for, for the females, mm. right, the professor won't ask you to open the camera. Oh. Oh, yeah, okay, because, that's because nice. you're at the the comfort of your own home, right? It's you, you might some might be hijabi, some uh, whatever. So the professor won't ask for you to open your camera. But for the guys, they're like, open your camera, let me see. So uh, it's, it's very funny. I like the environment. Every that's the beauty of it, you know. For for these tough we're, situations, uh, yeah, and we, we always uh, us. I think I feel like it's us Arabs. We like to find uh, the beauty of 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 the, of the of the struggle. Exactly, and it's definitely giving us a little bit of like uh, taking us into a trip to the future to see what platforms uh, are going to be allowing us to do digital education and online education in a few years. But speaking of technology companies that are allowing digital platforms, Etisalat Digital and Alif Education or Alif are actually, uh, they just signed a memorandum of understanding that is enabling both entities to actually create a series of digital initiatives that are trying to empower the region's education sector. So we're talking about these two platforms combining both companies' strengths to create a digital space that is definitely going to help digitally transform education like we know it, not just only in the UAE, but also in many parts around mm. the world. Now, now, Omnia, what is amazing about how we're going, uh, we're, we're kind of actually, we've always had this initiative about online online classes, but now we're focusing on it more because unfortunately, based on these circumstances, mm-hmm. now we can't always go into public. Yes. But the beauty of this is, this is not just for now, it's not just for the four weeks. Nope. Right. <laughs> Even after we pass this Corona pandemic, right, it's going to come to a time that I don't know if you know this, Omnia, but a lot of students study in Fujairah. Mm-hmm. They study in the in these eastern I eastern have, regions. We have students coming all the way from Oman. They drive three to five hours it, every day and, just to attend class. And it's going to be now a lot easier after inshallah the Corona thing is going to go pass, and we're going to be all fine. Everything's going to be all right. But now since this is already implemented, it's going to be ease of access. Oh. 
I'm in Oman or whatever, whatever, wherever you are. If you're you can too far, attend any university attend. around the world. I, I had, I had uh, so the Higher College of Technology, yeah. right? It's in Sharjah. Uh, a lot of kids they come from uh, Fujairah, Kelba, mm-hmm. because they don't have that facility over there, so they have to drive like an hour and a half, two hours every day to come to the Higher College of Technologies. But now they can do it in the beauty of their own home, maybe for an actual exam. And even a lot of kids take exams online. Yes, right, indeed. I, I believe there was safe Asa- yeah. was it? Say, I mean black. Blackboard uh, and I learned. Lockdown or browser? Yes, these Lockdown have been used browser. for uh, online exams. So we've yet to see how uh, the education platforms adjust to exams, which is definitely in the process of being discussed. It, 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 it's beautiful. I mean, hats off to this great initiative. We're always going towards the, the future. We're going always towards the best of the best. But Omnia, let's talk about some robots. Oh, yes. We're talking about some friendly Friendly friends, friendly companions that are Some definitely. Some friends aren't friendly, Omnia. You said the right words. Oh, yes, indeed. Um, but these friendly companions are definitely coming in hand with the coronavirus outbreak that is taking place in different parts around the world, but it has originated in China. Now, we all know China is uh, the hot, has. Definitely it's a hot got zone, uh, yeah. Yes. It it got the biggest hit from the coronavirus. Uh, I mean, three thousand three hundred people. Definitely, this number has increased over the past day. Um, have been killed by the coronavirus, and over ninety seven thousands were um, what's it called? Were infected by the mm. virus in China. But what have been what is happening right now in China is they're using robots to help minimize the spread of COVID-19. So yes. you're seeing robots uh, take on cleaning and food preparation jobs. You're seeing robots disinfecting roads. But most importantly, you're seeing them help out doctors and many medical health professionals. So they're at no risk of contracting the virus themselves. So some of the clever ways that robots have been used in China includes basically they're spraying disinfectants mm. across the different streets, many residential I, I've, areas. I actually saw a, a, a video on Twitter. It's do you do you remember? Uh, do you, have you watched Star Wars, Omnia? No. Do you okay? Star Wars. There was a uh, uh, Darth Vader, mm-hmm. right? He had his uh, his uh, his troops yeah. who were all wearing white. And now they're basically and, and, coronavirus and, and, fighters. And, and now the, and now you saw a couple of robots wearing white, and they were cleaning the streets. So they kind of put a side to side picture of these two Literally. things and, and that's how it looked like um, but basically these robots can function on their own all mm. p- humans or volunteers need to do is basically refill the robot with disinfectants and then workers on scooters can control the robots uh, remotely or even if they're right by near them um, many patrol robots are being used in Shenyang in China uh, as part of doing checks on people's mm. temperatures and disinfecting uh, different spaces but this is also helping hospitals cut down on the huge demand on medical staff that we're seeing um different now, cities of china are definitely now, using now them china is utilizing all their resources now we're beginning and uh, i think i believe it was last month we talked about the drones oh, that yes. were spreading awareness they were screaming at they residents were, they, were they spreading, don't have their masks on go back inside wear your mask the little boy what are you doing without your mother that so china is is, is using all the resourceful technology to reduce the spread of the coronavirus and also to educate and at the same time it's great innovation but you know which robot i wish we had right here in the uae at this point which there is a hand sanitizer dispensing robot Mm. this is what i want to have around because a he can climb stairs so he's definitely moving all around but b he is definitely reminding people of the most important aspect when it comes to protecting ourselves from the coronavirus Washing our hands, making sure that they are clean yes. before freaking out and mm. panicking. So, 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 what's recommended? Quick, uh, quick, uh, f- 
fun fact. The fun fact is try to use soap and water. Yes. The most. More don't, than sanitizer. Don't, uh, uh, if there's soap and water available, use that. Don't depend on sanitizer. Yes, indeed. Um, but let us text us in your tips for the coronavirus outbreak. What do you do uh, to make sure that you are protected? But we're going to be coming back to talk all about cybersecurity mm. and COVID-19. How are they two related? Make sure you stay tuned right here on Future Talk. Only on Pulse 95. And listen to this song, Done For Me by Charlie Puth. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. <laughs> Future Talk with Omni Al Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Pulse 95. You're listening to Future Talk, and today is a very special day because for me, I'm uh, finishing or accomplishing my long life dream <laughs> of having a conversation with an expert in cybersecurity. Yes, indeed. Um, we uh, new fact that I learned today is Hani used to be a hacker, kind not, of not a, hacker a hacker. I himself. was trying to be a hacker. Trying to be a hacker wannabe, um, but to make his dream come true and also to learn a little bit more about the COVID-19 scam and uh, the World Health Organization, how has it been affected? We have with us in the studios of Pulse95, Regional Technical Manager at Kaspersky Middle East, Mr. Imad Hafad. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, so let's jump in right to what everyone wants to know about. You know, recently uh, we've heard from the United Nations Health Agency that it's warning against the coronavirus criminal scams, um, which basically means many scammers have been taking the identity of the World Health Organization and sending in their own turnoffs and twists offs uh, of the coronavirus. So can you tell us a little bit about it and how can we protect ourselves from such scams? Right. So first of all, let me highlight that this is not necessarily the first time we see such uh, behavior. Um, usually uh, the uh, cyber criminals and the threat actors, they do like to hope on those uh, uh, events of the world uh, mm -hmm. just to try and abuse them in their favor. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we usually see a hike in the number of spam emails and phishing attacks towards the um, you know, Christmas, holidays, uh, special seasons. Um, even in the past few years, we at Kaspersky have monitored, observed actually, um, multiple groups that they were taking advantage of the geopolitical unrest in the region mm. to distribute uh, malicious codes and um, uh, um, malwares mm. uh, disguised in the uh, other, um, entities, um, and the yeah. other entities or files that would provide information about certain parties, etc., etc. So the point is, this is quite often, uh, and we see this quite uh, uh, often in, in the industry. Now, in the case of uh, COVID-19, yes, this is a huge epidemic happening right now, and uh, for the same exact reason. Uh, certain threat actors, they want to take advantage of the occasion because uh, with coronavirus, it's uh, a bit different than all the other um, incidents. This is a global uh, yes. incident. I mean, you won't find one single person on planet Earth that isn't interested in the subject. Mm. So you're targeted audience is much wider bigger it's the whole globe but it's the whole globe exactly now what would they gain from the, so obviously the the world health organization if they do message you as a phishing scheme or they're going to ask yeah. you uh if the email they're going to ask you for your medical information now what would these hackers gain or benefit from our medical information right so there's a huge trend globally to um what we call data harvesting mm. so basically mm. 
there's a certain value to the data that p- we possess. Even sometimes if it doesn't make uh, a lot of value to us, not necessarily makes mm. a lot of value to us, but in fact, it is valuable. It, mm. uh, I mean, those groups, individuals, they have found many ways to convert this data into um, into money, mm. basically. Mm. So even a simple information as this is my email address, just knowing that this email address is active, someone is actually viewing and using that email address, this is a piece of information that has value. Mm. Mm. You can sell these uh, these details. So for many, I mean, I get usually into this argument with, with many people. I mean, yeah, so what? They know my age. So what? They know my Yeah, my I was gender. just going to ask, like, what is it exactly that they're looking for? Is it my age? Is it my, my blood, type. blood type? Well, they're looking for everything. Oh, because wow. everything in, in at certain point in time can be converted again into monetary value. Mm. Right. Um, uh, there are huge companies. They work in, in the pro- profiling industry. Mm. So basically they create profiles. Uh, for for users and then these profiles p- p- being sold to advertising agencies for example True. to target them with is it illegal to, uh, the way they obtained it and um, selling it so it's it kind of like a black market type of thing it all it all de- depends you yeah. know this is really a gray uh, area mm. in, in the industry right now it's not really regulated all over the world some mm. countries they do have regulation on what information you're allowed to collect uh, store and how to use them yeah. but in many other countries th- mm. there isn't any any regulation as such so um, you'll find that as a gray area mm. and add on top of that this is a global kind of uh, heist right mm. so yeah. um, I like I the word c- heist <laughs> <laughs> I can be at one place in the world targeting people from the literally the other side of the globe yeah, yeah. and the World Health Organization definitely made it very clear that it's never going to ask you for any details. It's never going to, you know, uh, use your email or different websites or even phone calls and text messages to ask you for such information. But what can we do if we happen to receive such an email? How can we protect ourselves? And what should someone do if they did, let's say, respond to such an email or text message? Right. So first of all, I mean, the the common sense behind it is never to respond to these emails or phone calls, obviously, yeah. especially when it comes to um, receiving such emails, because yeah. usually those emails would contain um, malicious files yeah. or mm. for you, you don't know that it's malicious. It's just contain a file mm. or a link and yeah. they use their social engineering techniques to persuade you to click that link or open the file and that's all what you need to do actually Mm. Um, so the um, rule of thumb is don't respond to those emails right Mm. even if you happen and you open the email you're still okay but mm. you definitely shouldn't be clicking on any link. So you shouldn't link. even open the email. Uh, or run any extensions as well. Right. In certain occasions, you shouldn't be opening the email. Oh, Lord. Now, but if you see an email from World Health Organization, you know, Actually, that's, that's a very, very, very important point because we all need to know that the um, name of the sender mm. that you see in your mailbox isn't exactly the email address that yeah. from which that email message was sent from. Yeah, right? that, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Right. This is something that I can write myself and uh, email addresses I mean, send addresses to anyone and write uh, whatever name I might want to, to add to that email. So I could be Hany <laughs> in an email Actually, I, 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 I've been getting phishing emails uh, weirdly enough. I mean, it always happens once. You get a phishing email once and just like Mr. Imad said, uh, whoever sent me this email is going to then sell my email to someone and say this email wow. is active. And then I got one email. And then in the course of a month, I've been getting every constantly an email, an email, an email. Same type of email, but I know. I, lo- I always look at the sender and then I look at the link itself. The link would have, let's say, www.google.com. But it would be Google with a zero instead of right. an O. 
Right. See, and that's the interesting thing is if you were to check the sender email uh, and if it matches that of, let's say, whatever website or I mean, whatever government entity or whatever or health organization that we're talking about if they match then yes that could be from mm. the sender itself from a legitimate sender okay you said could and that's could. very important in yeah, your sentence yeah because i could see the doubt in your eyes yeah because <laughs> even if the email uh, matches matches the domain you'd expect it to come from um, there is something called email spoofing so yeah. the email can be uh, changed and you receive an email from you, I mean, not from that I domain. Really. What do we do then? <laughs> You're making need, it impossible. Need, there is a very simple uh, kind of uh, trick, yeah. If you want to to that, uh, we need to use common sense. Yes, mm. right. We need to we need to read and educate ourselves on what is possible, what isn't possible, what s- m- might look too good to be true, maybe exactly, or what should be uh, to us suspicious, mm. right? So. Um, for instance, health, World Health Organization would definitely not ask me about my uh, health record over email. Yes. That's mm. absolutely impossible. Mm. The same for my bank. My bank will not send me an email and ask me, please click this link and uh, verify your account because we're sure. going to close it. Yeah. You know? um, so we need to use that common sense. If it's too good to be true, probably it is. And if you feel that sense of urgency in the email, like they are mm. pushing you to click quick, um, yeah. um, you're going to lose your account. You uh, have 10 seconds to click the link. Exactly. So all these, I mean, techniques are known techniques in the industry where you um, use the uh, sense of urgency with, with the users to make them less, or to, to get them to less, not think quite less well. Less um, yeah. exactly. exactly. Not to think exactly what they're doing and simply click that thing. And that's all what it takes. Definitely. Use my dad's advice. Oh Trust, no one. <laughs> Trust no Trust one. Trust no one. Um, and apart from the World Health Organization scam that we've been seeing, many cybersecurity trends are happening in 2020 and we're going to be coming back to talk all about it with Mr. Imad Haffar. If you have any questions, make sure you text us in on 4215 and we'll be back right here on Pulse. 95. You're You're listening listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Future Talk with Omni Al Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Today's show has definitely revealed a lot of uh, childhood crimes that were committed by Hany Balkis, and one of them being stealing not real life money but rather gaming money it was in game getting money. stairs right now I was, it was in game money it's not illegal if it's in game it's not illegal but uh, speaking of illegal crimes we're talking all about the cyber security trends that have been happening in 2020 what crimes are uh, more how can we say it, have become more of hot topics mm. in 2020 and to tell us more about it we have with us in the studios of Pulse95 the regional technical manager at Casper Ski Middle East Mr. Imad Haffar welcome to the show once again Thank you, Omnia. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what trends have you been seeing uh, as cyber threats in 2020? Okay, so uh, most of what we are expecting for 2020 uh, is in a way an extension to what uh, we've seen in 2019 mm. uh, from technology, pr- technological perspective, advancement, and even the um, uh, even the trends in, mm. in 2019. One of the major um, uh, Trends we think we will see in in 2020 is the uh, attacks on on IoT devices, Mm -hmm. obviously. Now, uh, the estimate that in uh, 2020, uh, there are approximately 10 billion connected devices globally. 
and mind you, we're not talking about laptops, desktops, mobile devices. We're These talking about are like cameras, exactly smart your TVs. smartwatch, your fridge, your uh, smart TV, um, uh, the child, uh, the, the I mean the baby, baby monitors, monitor, IP yeah. cameras, the lighting et cetera, et cetera. systems, even all the sensors. All these devices they're connected more than ever. Uh, to the to the internet uh, by 2025 the number will exceed 40 billion uh, connected devices wow. Wow. now add to that um, the uh, adoption of uh, 5g mm. and all the uh, cap- capabilities it will bring to iot in, in specific in terms of uh, capacity speed uh, latency uh, even the stability of the connection so more and more iot devices or small gadgets will be connected uh, to the internet now, obviously, this brings a, um, uh, um, a threat mm. to these devices and mm. from the devices. For example, mm. uh, we've seen in 2016 uh, the uh, Murray botnet uh, mm. where it uh, basically infected IoT devices, specifically IP cameras uh, and many other IoT devices, of course. But at its peak, it reached the number of 600,000 IoT devices wow. connected to that botnet. And it was actually used to uh, initiate DDoS attacks against very well. Um, it's um, a powerful no botnet. Exactly, yes. Mm. And uh, it attacked uh, blogs of uh, well-known uh, security researcher, Crips mm. uh, on, on security. Uh, also, it attacked a uh, the DNS and hosting company Dyn, which brought big part of the East Coast True. of of US uh, offline, you know, offline yeah. for long period. True. I mean, major websites like Twitter, Amazon, um, GitHub, they They're were inaccessible for a very long time. And this the thing is, we've seen it also in individual cases, like ring cameras being, uh, you know, how security cameras being hacked into. Um, we've seen it with the Santa Claus case True. of a girl who had Proposedly, yeah. but, Santa but, Claus but, speaking but to her. R- Ring's uh, defense was that it wasn't hacked. It wasn't hackable, but they had horrible recovery or passwords. See, exactly. I mean, even with the case in, in with Mireille, yeah. uh, you said the number is huge, yeah. 600,000, and it is a huge number mm. of bots. When you look at the way they infected those machines or hacked into these machines, it's very, very basic. Mm. I mean, the initial uh, malware, it contained 60-plus combination of default username and password yeah simply it's scan the internet blocks of ips find the device scan for telnet port try this username default username and password and admin voila admin. you're in yeah. tiny but mighty yeah exactly so you don't really need to have huge powers or very sophisticated kind of uh, attack mm. to um target those devices i mean those devices they're small tiny but still they have processing power they have bit amount of of, of memory so you combine 600,000 of them, you exactly. got, you, you and got and a lethal you have weapon. An army. You yeah. have an army. But yeah. which devices are mostly at risk when we're talking IoT devices? So is it our, uh, let's say, webcams or is it our house security cameras wow. or is it lighting system? Which one are or which devices are um, mo- most susceptible for such attacks? I think all these devices, they are at the same uh, level. level. Uh, more or less because usually there isn't a differentiation in the type of uh, device or category Mm -hmm. of device to target Mm -hmm. as long as it's categorized on an IoT device connected to the internet visible from the internet then most probably it will be targeted yeah now if you don't use the or follow the basic hygiene uh, practices I mean in terms of not using the default username and password for example Mm. uh, something as simple as that would prevent the vast majority of attacks 
or push the vast majority of those attacks away from that device. Yeah. Right? Usually those devices, you don't get to really protect them because they don't have the capacity to run any kind of uh, security solution. Yeah. Uh, but the protection would be in um, uh, making sure that you don't use the default username and password, you don't use the default settings, you mm. change them, yeah. tweak them to your needs and just to um, push them to a place where they are a little bit more uh, secure. Now, now, the most common question everyone asks, should you cover your webcam? Do you cover your webcam? Ask. Yeah. <laughs> Your laptop webcam. I do. You do. I you do. do? And yes. why? So why should we cover it? And why doesn't everyone cover it? Right. Do you feel like it's mandatory? Because I don't. See, I don't want to say it's mandatory, but uh, we were talking about that before the show. Like yeah. uh, we need to. I mean, awareness is very important. Mm. We all of us. We need to to read more. We need to be aware of what's possible and what isn't possible. Mm. Can people spy on you through your webcam? Of course. Um, we've Completely? seen we've seen many uh, incidents mm. and. Uh, revelations over the yeah. past uh, few years that yes this is pretty much doable but a lot of people have been saying with the new updated computers that the webcam have also been secured more efficiently it, it's a kind of race mm. so uh, the uh, those on the good side of the game they always try to uh, develop the uh, their components and yeah. the technologies to prevent any such attacks mm -hmm. But at the same time, those on the other side of the game, they mm. also develop technologies and they also develop techniques and tactics to still target those devices. So you never know when there will be a new um, um, technique to abuse a certain device on, on the computer. Of course, I'm not saying this to scare people, but we need to have to that be aware. sense. You need exactly. to be informed. We need to be informed. We need to be aware of what could happen so we make better informed decisions. An informed individual is always a lot stronger than and with no fear, definitely. Um, but we're going to be coming back to talk all about how can we be more informed? What can we do to protect ourselves from cyber attacks and make sure that our cyber security skills are on point? All this and more is coming up right here on Future Talk. Only on Pulse95 and Texas in 4215. Let us know what questions you have for Mr. Imad. We're going to ask him on here. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Future Talk with Omiyal Saleh and Hany Balkis on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Pulse 95. You're such a future talk. It's a very interesting day. I like today a lot. We're interviewing Mr. Imad, and uh, he's an expert in cybersecurity. And uh, he, he kind of reminded me of the old days when I tried to become a hacker but failed miserably. <laughs> but uh, it's very interesting the, the way the conversation has been taken. And as I always say, the off-air interviews are 100 times more interesting than the on-air interviews. Yes, indeed. And, you know, we're living in a world where Alexa's always... <clears throat> Sorry, Alexa's always listening. Siri is definitely being a part of every conversation, even when we don't know that she is or it is. Um, but even though, you know, our privacy has definitely been compromised with the rise of IoT devices, with the rise of virtual assistants, there are definitely a lot of things and tips and tricks that we can do to help protect ourselves in the face of all the advancements in technology that are taking place. So what can we do on our end uh, to help make sure that we're not, um, how can we say, we're not susceptible to cyber crimes? Um, and should we, you know, avoid using devices altogether like Google Home or even, you know, IoT devices like smart TVs and smart fridges? Right. 
I don't think we can or should avoid using uh, all these devices altogether. Uh, but we need to, as we were saying, to develop a sense of uh, understanding of what these devices bring in, brings in. Not only in terms of their usability, at, mm. at the benefit they bring to me and uh, to my work, yeah. but also the risks that they uh, bring along. So, um, I mean, aside from the subject of cybersecurity, there's also the privacy uh, yeah. perspective of it. So. We need to be aware of all these uh, uh, um, topics. So I think one of the very important things to do uh, with any kind of uh, device, IoT thing, or even a service is to always examine the um, available security and privacy related settings. Mm. It's very uncommon to see people going to their, uh, I don't know, Facebook uh, security settings or privacy settings mm. in particular and review them every now and then just to be sure that whenever their policy is changing, nothing is changing in that And it's uh, always settings. changing. You always get updates right. like, oh, our privacy settings have changed or been updated. True, true. So one of the very important things to do and simple uh, to do, to be honest, is to review, build that habit of re- reviewing those uh, um, settings, whether it was the uh, security-related settings of the app or the online service, um, or the privacy-related uh, uh, settings. In your opinion, what are some? Because some some of us might be going through the list of settings and not necessarily know which should they turn on and which should they turn off. So, are there any you know basic tips on what settings should we turn on or off when it comes to our uh, let's say social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. Well, to be honest, it all relate to the platform itself. So mm-hmm. the settings aren't exactly the same. There isn't yeah. one uh, recipe that everybody follows. Yeah. Um, but um, um, we can definitely, uh, f- I mean, researching these these settings is de- always a, a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because for um, quite often I get from people saying that, well, I tried to go through the security settings and the privacy uh, uh, configuration, but I didn't really understand what yeah, this, a lot of people will what, say what does what. So, I mean, the very simple answer is I'm sure every family right now, they have someone in their 12, 13 years old and they're computer geeks. You yeah. can simply yeah. ask them, research the Internet, go to uh, any research, uh, any search engine, I'm sorry, and uh, just uh, b- b- find out what people have to say about that. So, so mostly the older generation is at risk, the, the not tech savvy generation. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yes, because usually, uh, b- I mean, um, uh, most of them, at least, they're, they're exposed to uh, these technologies uh, uh, right now. And uh, obviously, they're... Um, uh, they weren't uh, used to it from a They weren't age, used to it. Yeah. They want to use it, which is quite obvious, yeah. understandable. But at the same time, they won't pay enough attention to these True. details. But also, young kids are actually at a huge risk of such technologies. We're talking, you know, kids at a very young age who are excited to use this technolo- different technology, but don't necessarily know... Uh, the precautionary measures that they should take. So a lot of parents out there are probably very interested to know what can they do to make sure that their kids are safe on uh, different web browsers or even on different platforms that they're using when they're on the World Wide Web. Right. So the the first approach that I think really essential in, in such case is to talk to your kids. Mm. Um, you need to have that dialogue with them for them to understand uh, the uh, risks they face when they they are on uh, YouTube, for example, right? And uh, at the same time, for you to understand what they're doing uh, uh, online. Mm -hmm. Uh, Providing that piece of education to the kids is very essential. Uh, There are right now many awareness-related programs that would uh, educate kids uh, Mm. in a very simple terms 
uh, of the kind of uh, risks they might face, cyberbullying and uh, all the other kind of uh, intruders. Definitely. And how to... Um, how to deal with them when mm. they encounter such uh, uh, an incident? Should they talk to their parents or they shouldn't? Many yeah. kids would be afraid to talk to their oh, parents. Yes, definitely. But definitely we have to build that habit with them to talk to us uh, so we can uh, protect them. Yes, indeed. And, and just like you said, Imad, it's not to scare them. It's to have them informed. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we have to create the conversation. And shout out to every woman out there, every mother who is definitely trying very hard to do that with her own kids. Uh, it's definitely been such a pleasure to speak to you, Mr. Imad Haffar. Thank you so much for I, coming I, I, in. I personally enjoyed <laughs> it a little bit too much. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Childhood dreams came true. Yes. But, uh, future talk is coming to an end. An afternoon karak is going to be starting in just a few moments so make sure you tune in to the dream team Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah from the Future Talk team we'll be seeing you tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Same time same place right here on Pulse 95 This is Pulse 95 Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.